So um, last year, uh, many music pundits consider the album of the year was Taylor Swift, aka T-Swiz, 1989. I'm not saying I think that, I'm just saying many in the industry consider that. And there's no great mystery as to why T-Swiz, Tay-Tay, called it 1989. It's just simply the year she was born. So, of course, I would have to call my album uh, 1994. Oh, that doesn't sound right. 1968. What a year. I entered the world. Everything changed. Do I have to impose another no-talking ban on someone over in this section? Oh, Scott Downey, you have a permanent no-talking ban, my friend. Don't make me have to upend some uh, little uh, Bieber lyrics on you. Little paraphrase of Bieber's latest song. This is for you, Scotty. My pastor don't like you, and he likes everyone. Someone called the burn unit. I believe Scotty D got burned. 1968, Robert Kennedy, then campaigning to be elected president of the United States, was assassinated. 1968, Charles M. Schultz released the ninth uh, iteration of the Charlie Brown comic books and uh, released the title, Go Fly a Kite, Charlie Brown. Now, you can still get that on Amazon, reprinted version, obviously. In that particular book, Charlie Brown is having a conversation with Linus Van Pelt, a.k.a. Linus, to his friends. Linus is sucking on a blanket, as he does. Charlie Brown says something to him. Linus's response is, you know, Charlie Brown, the way I see it, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And that little kind of throwaway line back in a little comic book in 1968 has actually become a cultural proverb in our society today. How many have actually heard that statement? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It's important to understand that sincerity has zero impact on truth. How sincere you are about a particular belief doesn't actually change anything about the thing you believe. For example, I could say to you, I sincerely believe that right now, 1041, none of my watches have batteries, 1041, Sunday morning here in Perth, that I, sin I sincerely believe that right outside that door, it's snowing, like blizzard, like, like we're gonna be here for a while, people, because man, I sincerely believe that we're not even gonna be able to push the doors open, there's so much snow outside. You sincerely believe that I'm totally nuts by sincerely believing it's snow. The point is, my sincerity of belief that it's snowing outside has no impact on whether or not it is actually snowing outside. It's either snowing, truth, or it's not snowing, truth. My sincerity doesn't change it. It's a fact regardless of my sincerity, right? You follow? Now, I'm a big fan of sincerity. Sincerity, we might call it sincerity. We might call it passion, conviction. You know, I love all of that. 
uh, but, but, but I don't think the starting point for us when it comes to our beliefs should be sincerity. In fact, my encouragement would be to make the starting point what's actually true and then ask the question, do I wanna go all in backing something that's true? It's not true that it's snowing outside. So if you go all in with the belief it's snowing outside, you look like an idiot to everyone around you when you go all in and be sincere. Because unfortunately, what you're sincere about is actually not true. So, so make truth, the pursuit of truth, the question what's actually true, make that the starting point. And then on that basis alone, decide how sincere you wanna be, how all in you wanna go. Uh, November 2008, I was uh, uh, T-barred by a, a vehicle um, whilst I was out cycling. The motorist, uh, it's hilarious to me when they get out of the car and, 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 and uh, try and scrape you off the, the, the road. Um, this has happened to me more than once. This is why I know uh, every single time the motorist has said to me, oh. <laughs> I didn't see you. And I'm like, I'd like to think that's actually true because what you just did to me, if you did it having seen me, that's a whole nother problem. Anyway, so ambulances and hospitals and, 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 and broken this and x-rayed that and so on and so forth. It was pretty spectacular. Um, uh, bike written off and, and so on. So I went and consulted a lawyer who... Um, or as Louis' Italian grandmother pronounces it, a liar. Uh, <laughs> Debbie, Debbie, I, I didn't say that's how I pronounce it, Debbie, our resident, our liar in residence, uh, a lawyer. Um, guy's name Richard, and so I go in there for, for, for a claim, sort of, you know, the whole kind of um, Stephen Brown, the one on the back of the Yellow Pages. Who has Yellow Pages so when is his name? Richard. So we sat across the desk from Richard and, and he gets the forms out and we start going through the forms. He's filling them out. It, it was, I don't know, full service. He didn't say you fill them out. He's filling them out. Name, Mark, surname, Pomery, address, blah, 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 blah. Uh, occupation. Now, I hate this, but in official settings, my occupation is minister of religion. So I only have to put that if, if I'm doing a wedding, uh, my arrivals card on, on international travel, um, and... Uh, and dealing with lawyers. So, minister of religion, boom! This guy lights up. I mean, like, lights up. Religion! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? Yeah! Man, Mark, that is my favorite subject. Favorite subject. I can talk about religion all day, all day. Man, when I have a dinner party, dinner party, I, I can't wait to swing the conversation over to religion. I love talking about religion. Talking about religion, talking about religion. Love it, love it, Mark, love it. Now, now, we proceeded to now talk about religion. My, the forms were pushed aside. Uh, I, I'm like, I bet you better not be billing me in six minute increments, buddy. This is on your time now, pal, because eh? I'm now the professional in the room and you're the subject. So maybe I'll bill you in six-minute increments. Eh? You want to talk about religion? Let me just get my stuff watch out. Start. And he's talking about... Anyway, blah, blah, blah. It, it wasn't a conversation. It, it, it was a monologue. He was talking. I was... <laughs> Buddy, I didn't need any convincing. I'm kind of in, you know. 
But actually, he wasn't talking about Christianity. He was just saying religion. And in fact, he got to the point in, 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 in the monologue to me where he said to me, because he said, Mark, you know, really, of course, all religions are basically the same, right? Now, he had an exclamation mark at the end of that sentence. I ignored that. I presumed it was a question mark, that he really wanted my answer. And I said, yeah, Richard, no. No, no, all religions are actually not the same. Well, what do you mean? I said, let me just bring it home for you, pal. Jesus made an exclusive claim that no other religion made. We'll come back to that. Let me, let me walk you through a little flyover of uh, some of the key tenets of uh, some of the, some of the most well-known religions. Now, here's the thing. I actually acknowledge that there's some truth in most religions, but listen in. Despite what my lawyer thought, they aren't actually the same, okay? Buddhism believes that there's actually no God, that there's no final type of existence and that we get constantly reincarnated. And, and, and the goal is to come back next time better than Hinduism does believe in a God, but the God of Hinduism is an impersonal God. You don't actually have a relationship with God. You approach the impersonal God through statues. There's no forgiveness of sins. And there's no supernatural help. And uh, kind of the big idea is karma. What goes around comes around. Which, by the way, overlaps with some of Jesus' teaching. And he didn't call it karma. We don't call it karma. Karma, 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 chameleon. No, it's not. But Hinduism does. Man, that was a throwback. See, only the over 40s giggled then because the rest are like, what? I used to have the cassette tape. That's all I'm going to say. All of them. No, I never wore the makeup. Uh, Muslims believe in a personal God. Okay, well, that's like Christianity. They believe there's no secondary God, also like Christianity. They have a total ban on idols, also like Christianity. Hmm. Maybe it's the same. No. Muslims, your standing with God depends on your religious devotion and your work. Huh, okay, not the same. No. New Age, which is a bit of a sort of a catch-all thing. Uh, Also, no personal God, though there's a recognition that there's probably a higher consciousness and that the goal is to live one with the universe. Christianity uh, believes in a personal God and offers forgiveness of sins not based on our efforts but based on God's goodness and him sending Jesus to die in our place, which was remembered by sharing corporate communion. They're not all the same. So, okay. So I'm at Richard's dinner party. I mean, I'm not, but he didn't invite me after that day. But uh, (laughs) real conversation stuffer, Mark. So let's say hypothetically I'm at Richard's dinner party and uh, Richard, he's a force of nature, he he very early in the the, uh, degustation menu orients the conversation around to religion. So, guys, my house... My food, my rules. We're going to talk about religion. Okay. 
Again, he'd just be doing all the talking. And uh, did you know Mark, <laughs> he's a minister of religion. Mark, tell him. Uh, you know, what, what, what we talked about in the office, all religions are the same, right? And, I, and I'd be like, uh, well, yeah. Hmm. I'm a follower of Jesus. So, uh, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus. Yeah, we, we like him. He's good. He's cool. Not, not you know, 2,000 years ago, all that stuff. Brilliant. Don't, don't doubt his historical existence. And by the way, there's a lot of historians, just, you know, regular everyday Joe historians that acknowledge that Jesus existed in human form 2,000 years. Oh, yeah, love, love it, love it, love it. Jesus, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Big fan of his teaching, me personally, big fan of his teaching, the way, try to do what he said. Oh, yeah, Jesus, teaching, man, top shelf, love it, love the teaching. Man, uh, uh, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Boy, that's gold. We love that. Everyone, we love that, don't we? Yes, Richard, we love that. Love it. Jesus, the teacher, what a teacher. Blessed are the peacemakers. Yep, yep, I can get on board with that. Or uh, forgive those who hurt you. Yeah, you know, that's good. Man, Jesus threw down. Whoa, that's what's up. Whoa, great teaching. Man, we love that. Yeah, Mark, carry on. Boy, this is gold. Mark, what else you got? What else you got? Uh, well, uh, mm, uh, he also said, you know, the teaching bit. Yeah, yeah. He also said, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. It's at that point in Richard's dinner party that the PC Brigade will speak up. And the PC Brigade will say to me, Mark, you can't say that. That's offensive. At which point, I would have to say to them, hmm, perhaps I'm not making myself clear. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Jesus said that. And because Jesus said that, we have a decision to make. We have to actually decide whether Jesus was completely deluded right? Like total whack job. I mean, come on, you know. If he said, I am a way, a truth, a life, you know, smorgasbord, pick what you want, whatever, you know, you feel like at the time. Uh, uh, some people come to the Father through me. Oh, I mean, the PC Brigade, they'd love that. Oh, yeah, 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 no worry. Love it, man. You can choose Jesus off the menu of options. How great is that? Uh, but no, no, Jesus said, there's a menu, but there's only one item on it. If you wanna have a relationship with God, 
it's only gonna happen if you trust in me. Oh, what? The way, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he didn't even say he's the best way, which is starting to get a little bit not PC if you say Jesus is the best way. No, Jesus took it one massive leap further and actually said, (laughs) boosh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So either Jesus was deluded, in in which case, let's just all bugger off nonsense, right? Or he was actually telling the truth. And by the way, if you think he's telling the truth, that should affect your sincerity, but your sincerity should, doesn't change the truth. So full disclosure, as many of you would hope, I am a follower of Jesus. It's kind of an occupational hazard, really. <laughs> a little bit of a prerequisite for the job, you might say. CV for church leader job. Question number one, do you follow Jesus? Pick yes, proceed to question two. Pick no, interview over. (laughs) Not PC, but no. And and, and I believe that Jesus is who he said he is, and I believe his claims are actually true. And as a consequence of me believing that he is the way, the truth, the life, I follow him. And, And I like to think I follow him with a pretty high level of sincerity. But truth is a starting point. And, 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 you know, I don't think that Jesus' story is a fairy tale. Maybe some of you do. A few weeks ago, we, we, we finished a series, uh, was in, in, end of December, we finished a series called The Genius of Jesus. And I preached a message called The Power of Prediction. You go to the old part of the Bible, aka the Old Testament, there's over 300 predictions, churchy word, we call them prophecies, but predictions, about how Jesus would enter the earth, about where he would enter the earth, about the circumstances surrounding his birth, which Christmas kind of revisits that, uh, how he would live while he was on earth, and, and also how he would die. Over 300 predictions, many of them made hundreds of years before he was born. In fact, one predicted that he was gonna be crucified, hung on a cross 700 years before he was. And in fact, 700 years prior when that prediction was made, that wasn't even a form of death that existed. Hadn't, crucifixion hadn't been invented when someone predicted that Jesus would come in 700 years time and the way he would be killed is death on a cross. What is that? I don't know, but God said that's what's gonna happen. All right. And so of these 300 predictions, uh, University college professor in the States ran the numbers on the probability that Jesus would fulfill all of the 300 plus, plus predictions. Here's, here's the, the, the research, the stats. And, and there's a couple of uh, comparative stats. Let's throw that up there. Um, uh, being killed by lightning, struck by lightning, become president, uh, a meteorite landing on your house. The, the, the odds of that happening are one in 180, lots of zeros. The odds of Jesus fulfilling all 300 plus predictions, which he did, by the way, is one in 10 to the power of 28. Now, if you like to bet on a long shot, this is the one to throw some money down on, right? But, but in my book, this is beyond a long shot. This would be insanity if you were to think, there's a great money-making opportunity there, let's bet that Jesus is gonna make all 300 plus predictions. No, there was a, that's, that's pretty much saying there's actually no chance at all. 
And yet he did. I believe that he is who he said he is. There was just no way he would have predict, uh, fulfilled those predictions if he wasn't. And there's some other reasons. And let me just talk about one of them today. And, 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 and it's the eyewitness accounts of his resurrection. See, the, the story around Jesus' death is that he was killed, nailed to a cross. Well, that wasn't so spectacular. I mean, it was spectacular because of why Jesus did it, but it actually wasn't spectacular because that was a pretty common practice back then. It's not like he's the only person in history that ever got killed, nailed to a cross. In fact, on that day, he got nailed to a cross as did two other jokers, one on either side of him. So he was just one of three guys that got crucified, nailed to a cross that day, okay? So, so if someone said, believe in Jesus because he got nailed to a cross, it'd be like, well, I might as well believe in the guy on the right. It doesn't, doesn't, make, doesn't set him apart. It's not, it's not unique. It's not spectacular. The thing that's unique, the thing that's spectacular is that there are eyewitness accounts that Jesus was nailed to a cross on a Friday, buried in a tomb, left there, and yet on Sunday, walking around, soaking up sunshine. Eyewitness accounts. Some people think it's a fairy tale. Here's what the eyewitnesses said. Some of Jesus' earliest followers, you killed, this is, they're going off at the religious leaders of the day. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. If you go into a court of law, the, the goal is to uncover the truth. What actually happened? That's, that's the question that's being answered, okay? Yeah, yeah, there's your side of the story and, and there's his side of the story. And if you watch Judge Judy, they never meet in the middle, okay? Here we have one side of the story. Some of Jesus' earliest followers saying that they saw him walking around three days after he was killed. Well, we could think it's a fairy tale. But the reality is that in the court of law, one of the most important ways to prove the truth in a case is to actually get eyewitnesses to come forward and give their hopefully honest assessment of what they actually saw. And so here we have just some of Jesus' earliest followers saying that they saw him, they met him. They, they, in fact, he cooked them breakfast, breakfast on the beach, fish. Mmm, yum, Pete. When I think of fish being cooked, I think of Pete. Resident fisherman and cookerman, all in one very hairy package. Mm. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot that you were next with the microphone. All right, so, so these eyewitnesses are saying they saw Jesus walking around. So what you have to do is, is the, the, the prosecution is you have to actually disprove that these people actually, what they said happened, happened. Refute their eyewitness account. So over the years, 2,000 years, there's been some um, theories put forward. <laughs> In fact, the funny thing is, so there's been some theories put forward refuting these eyewitness accounts, Right? What's fascinating to me, well, there's a lot of things that fascinates me about this, but one, one thing that's fascinating about it is some of the actual refutations 
don't deny that they saw Jesus walking around on the Sunday. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, all right. We, we, can, we, can, we can do that. Yeah, okay, you saw him. But here's actually what we think happened. One theory, it's called the swoon theory. Now, we don't use that word much anymore, but it means fainted, like, you know, when I'm walking through a shopping mall, the women, swoon. Oh, Mark, you're so, oh, 1968, what a year. I know. So it's called, one of, <laughs> mm. Louis was, was just one in the chain, it's just that she's the one I chose to marry. Okay, talking band starts with you now too. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> mm. Anyway, um, the swoon theory. And the swoon theory goes like this, that, that, that Jesus, he didn't actually die on the cross. He just fainted. Like after a period of time, he, he, he became unconscious, like in a, in a sort of coma, all right? And, 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 the, and the Roman uh, soldiers, they didn't realize that he wasn't dead and he, he just had passed out. And so they took him down and they put him in a tomb and, and then, they, and then they, they, they sealed the tomb up, big, big rock, roll a big rock. And then they put a, a guard, they, a Roman guard, they put a guard out the front. Now, now, by the way, just understand this, a Roman guard isn't one person. A Roman guard is a group of Roman soldiers. Okay, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unit, it's a term, the Roman guard. Okay, so it's not some guy at the front. No, it's like probably 10 to 12. And plus Jesus was a pretty, pretty uh, significant public figure. The case of his uh, crucifixion was a big deal. So they wouldn't have just put the 12 leftover guards that didn't, couldn't get a good gig anywhere else. They would have put their special ops guys, you know, and uh, to, to guard the tomb. So, so the swoon theory says that Jesus didn't die, he just passed out. Well, problem with the swoon theory, there's a few problems. Number one, while Jesus was on the cross, now while someone, crucifixion, the way you die in crucifixion is actually you die by suffocation, right? You're on the cross, you get to a point where you can no longer breathe. The reason you get to a point where you can no longer breathe is, is you have to be able to hold yourself at a particular you know, kind of uh, angle to get a breath in. And, and, and after you know, however long, you, you, you can no longer support yourself to get that breath and eventually you'll die by, by asphyxiation. Okay, that's how crucifixion works, right? So, and, and so in fact, what, what the guards, if, if, if someone was taking too long to die, the customary practice was to come along and break their legs because they would often have their feet uh, nailed as well and even nailed to a little sort of ledge so they could kind of prop themselves up, you know, repeatedly for a period of time. And so if, if they were taking too long to die, the, the Roman soldiers would come and break their legs so they could no longer prop themselves up. It's great, it's horrific, right? Jesus was such a big deal, such a controversial figure. They didn't actually come along and break his legs. They wanted to make super sure that he was dead. So instead of breaking his legs, they actually thrust a spear into his side, right? But the eyewitness accounts of thrusting the spear into his side is outpoured blood and water, right? Now, Dr. Mark, 
wants to bring you up to understand that when someone is dead, and only when they're dead, that blood separates from water. And so the fact that blood came out with separated from water from Jesus' side was an actual medically demonstrated evidence that he was in fact dead, not just passed out. But even if he was somehow still alive at that point, just passed out, even if he was, they, they then took him, wrapped him up, put him in a tomb, rolled a big stone and put 10 to 12 of, the, of, of Roman, you know, a Roman guard, but 10 to 12 uh, highly trained soldiers out the front to, to, to stop someone going in and, and stealing the body, right? So the theory goes that the swoon theory, my case against it is that somehow 48 hours later, Jesus was feeling a little bit better. You know, being wrapped up with no food, water, medical attention, stuck in a cave. Yeah, that's gonna make you feel better after you've just been hanging on a cross and had a spear thrown in your side. I don't think so. But this is, what, this is why this theory to me is completely absurd, that, that he was feeling better. In fact, he was feeling so much better that, that he had the strength to unwrap himself from his burial garments Roll the stone away from the inside. No handles. Roll it from the inside. <clears throat> then, feeling a little bit better than he was on Friday, overpower 10 to 12 highly trained Roman soldiers. Oh, I kill you with just a thought. Right? And then, in fact, where the eyewitnesses saw him was 12 kilometers down the road. Getting my walk on. Jesus, doing the running man. Not a big fan of the swoon theory. So, 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 so then one of the other big uh, theories is called the theft theory. Kind of overlaps with the swoon theory, but this, the swoon theory was an inside job. <laughs> the theft theory was an outside job. That uh, 11 former fishermen came along with their rods and their nets and overpowered 12 highly trained, maybe it was 10. Okay, I don't want to exaggerate. Only 10 highly trained, highly armed Roman guards, who, by the way, if, if someone was to have stolen the body, the Roman guards would likely themselves have been put to death. So it's fair to say they may have been reasonably motivated to do their job properly. So, so the theft theory is that the, the, these fishermen gang-tackled an elite squad of Roman guards, rolled the stone in the way, grabbed Jesus' body and, and, and just kind of stashed it somewhere. And then went around telling everyone, he rose from the dead, he's not in the tomb anymore. Hurrah! And, and it's, like, it's pretty unlikely they would have been able to do that. But even if they had, you know, been in some kind of base camp training scenario, 
all 11 of them, sorry, 10 of the 11 went on to be murdered in due course for going around telling everyone that Jesus rose from the dead. In other words, they died for a lie. If Jesus actually did rise from the dead, did appear to you, then I think there should be some sincerity that follows what you believe. But if you knew it wasn't true, <laughs> actually, we took the body. <laughs> you want to kill me? All right, okay. I'll, I'll show you where it is. <laughs> it just, you know, tell me you're not going to kill me. No, no, if you can show us the body, we're not going to kill you. Why would we kill you? We know it's a lie. We just, we just then parade the body around town. Because by the way, in the early church, the early church started to upend the Roman Empire in that region. The early church was a threat to the existing powers. And, it, and if they could have, if they could have produced the body, you know, all this stuff, you hundreds of people that are saying, yes, I wanna follow Jesus. You thousands of people that are saying, yes, I wanna follow Jesus. You've been, you've been preached to by, by Peter and, 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 and by Paul and, and by John. And they've been telling you that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, guess what? Here's the body. He didn't rise from the dead. He's still dead. We found him. The disciples stole the body. But it didn't happen. That's not what happened. The, the, the 10 of the 11 were being threatened to be put to death because of what they believed because they were going around telling people Jesus rose from the dead. You know what he claimed to be? The way, the truth, the life, the only, nobody comes to the Father except through him. <laughs> we think it's true. You know why we think it's true? Because he was put to death and he rose from the dead and he appeared to us and it's like, wow, death could not hold him down. Ain't no other world religion offering that. No, you, 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 you think you're helpless. Yeah, you may be helpless, but you're never hopeless. You know why? Because the one we follow, the one we put our faith in, he overcome death. If he could overcome death, he could overcome anything. Oh, well, 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 then I'm all in. And then, and then, and then one of them goes, come on, fellas. <laughs> this thing's on. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it did. that's not what happened. <laughs> Come on, I'll show you. <laughs> Here's Jesus. He's still dead. <laughs> He's still dead, but because I've shown you, it means I'm going to be still alive. <sighs> that was close. I mean, I made a, made a living, got a good gig, you know, the sort of snake oil seller. Going around telling people, Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> Buy some. It's actually not true. But they didn't. They didn't produce the body. And the reason they didn't produce the body is because there was no body to produce because they didn't steal the body. So at your next dinner party, when, you know, inevitably the conversation wheels around to religion, Richard's house. You start, you, you, you kind of come out. I am a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody actually comes to the Father except through me. That was an exclusive claim. I hope, like me, 
that it's evidence, not arrogance, that causes you to believe that. There's still a faith component, but it's not all invisible. There were eyewitnesses that saw Jesus walk in the earth after he'd been buried in a tomb. And final thought I want to make sure that we all understand this morning is that whilst Jesus' claim is exclusive, he's the only one that makes that claim. Whilst his claim is exclusive, his motivation is inclusive. That the reason he came, that the reason he died, that the reason he conquered death and rose again was inclusive. It's because of his love for his creation. That's you and that's me. And if that's true, and I believe it is, then based on truth, that should inform our sincerity. Based on truth, that should inform our passion. Based on truth, that should inform our conviction. That, 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 that should evoke a response. And in fact, Jesus asked for a response to people who, who, who were considering whether he actually is who he said he is. He said, great. Then the question is, if you believe it, will you come follow me? And so that's a question every single one of us has to answer in our lifetime on this earth. Yes, I will, because I believe you are who you claim to be. Or no, I won't, because I don't believe you are who you claim to be. Now, I think if you, by the way, a little bit of bonus content, if you say yes, that, 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 that yes is equivalent to going all in. You can't half follow Jesus. <laughs> He'll leave you behind. Following Jesus means following Jesus, going all in. So here's a question, just uh, as I finish this morning. Have you said yes to following Jesus? Uh, if you haven't, I'm gonna give you that opportunity right now to say yes to following him. I hope that some of what I've taught this morning takes some of the story, which we have to believe eyewitness accounts, you know, people that we never met. Hopefully it takes this story and, and, and moves it from a fairy tale to actually a truth, a, a real story, and, 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 and hopefully uh, gets you to where you would say, yeah, I believe that's actually true. So if you're at that place, but you've never actually taken the step of saying, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus, I'm gonna give you that opportunity as we finish today. And all I want you to do, if you've never made that choice to say, yes, I'll follow you, is just to put your hand up. And you can do that right now. Just put your hand up and say, yeah, Jesus, I wanna follow you. And when I see your hand, you can put it down and we'll just quickly pray. We don't want you to miss the opportunity. If you've never, you know, I know most of you have said yes to following Jesus. I get that. I encourage you to continue to go all in, of course. But if you've never made that decision,